Diablo Bang. You guys, uh, how was your night? Court. Court. Yay. Right on there. Just right on top. That's all I've got for today. That was it. Are we done? <laughs> all right. Yep. That's my contribution. You guys take it away from here. See ya. Say bye, Herbie. See you down south. <laughs> I have my mom and dad calling in for the podcast so we can uh, belittle them in front of an audience. All right. I'm glad you went there. This made me angry, this episode. Yeah. I was just going to say I got chicken feet on the fryer. I got to go. Oh, yeah. Snob Central. All and oh, you, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't escape any form of inc- incense in your yeah. thinking here because as soon as you're like, hey Dan, stop being a scumbag to your parents, then you gotta be, hey Harry, stop being a scumbag to Dan. It's none of your business. Right, exactly. <laughs> What's what business of yours if he's mean to his mom? I also you know, we'll get into it, but I don't think this was an amazing episode. Like, it didn't blow me away. But I right. to tell you the truth, like, I quite enjoyed it on a sentimental yeah. level. And it, it very well could be, like, Hans off air. We were just telling you about the horrendous day that I had in mommyhood yesterday. Mm-hmm. But literally, it was me giving, 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 and not getting anything from the baby in return. And mm-hmm. I had a freak out. Like, so the night cord go- gods giveth. Yeah. Your struggles are so, also reflected. So I will say it was really sentimental to me and it was Dan we're 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 going to you know we have to get into it later but I also do understand like god damn we're just shitty to our parents. Yeah. Oh god. Oh my god. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just that, felt yeah. so guilty. At first I was like, well, at least I'm not Dan Fielding. I just wanted to call my mom and say, like, I'm so sorry I made fun of you that one time five years ago. You just get every instance where you may have or you know you did. Right. You you did the exact same thing, just not to that degree. Not to that extent. You didn't tell everybody your parents were dead. Dead. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) I was like, Jesus, Dan. Because they didn't allude to anything about his family ever being, you know, who we're about to yeah. see they are. Like, in any way, like, you know, I, I can, I'm can i trying to think of other characters. I don't know why I want to go to Northern Exposure. But, like, without the... I'm thinking of Northern... <laughs> all right, let's go with it. Northern <laughs> Exposure with the, the Dr. Joel. He without hearing him talk and letting some of his New York like affectations slip in, you would just think he's from Alaska. Right. Mm -hmm. But like part of what's makes him interesting is in his like interactions with the people, he lets like New York centric things slip and you're like, Oh yeah, he's like the fish out of water. Like with Dan, not once have we seen like any, any inkling um, that he's from the bayou, baby, born on a bayou. Which you know, Larroquette is. Yeah. You're totally right. But I think it's really funny because you had that northern exposure comparison and reference pop into your mind. And what popped into my mind was Frasier. Okay. Oh, yeah. For two reasons. Uh, Number one, uh-huh. Frasier never, ever, ever has that, you know, midwestern guy vibe like his dad but also when cheers was on 
Dr. Fraser Crane was just a side character and had made reference to his parents dying. Oh, my God. So they had to address it in Fraser because now and and Fraser also Dr. Fraser Crane in Cheers said he was an only child. Oh, my God. Pull out your Night Court slash Cheers fan fiction, everyone. There we go. So that was stated. So they... Uh, they covered that in Frasier by a just simply not addressing it at first, but then in the first season, I think it was Harrelson, one of the Cheers characters visited and made and Gotta made the Woody. comment like he said you were dead. He said he was an only child, like so they they owned it as oh, Frasier yeah. being embarrassed and and doing the same thing. Now that wasn't on purpose. That was because they dug themselves into a hole because they never thought that Frasier would happen when they wrote those lines back in the day for Cheers, but they did make reference to it. But also very similarly and and opposing to what you said, Frasier never has any of his father's right. affectations. Yeah, I think there's like a we, couple small moments, but yes, you're absolutely right. Great analogy. I would say that I like that you pointed out that Frazier felt guilt about saying his parents were dead or embarrassment. Dan is never, I guess, towards, no, he's never apologized for saying they were dead, which is like, is a gnarly thing to do. He's he's not embarrassed at first that like when he sees her there and they're like, here's your parents knowing what he knows and they know he said, he's just like... You know, I'm embarrassed by them, not well, by the fucking, my actions. Well, the fucking line, like I thought, mm. I thought he would try to deny that they were his parents. Like when yeah. Harry's like, "There's someone here to see right. you," and the line bef- pre-credits is, "Thank God they left the livestock in the car." Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's just like, "Man, they got me." <laughs> yeah. I mean, it made me. It's a mea culpa because they are so sweet. They're not Midwestern. They're oh, from. No. We'll find out. From Louisiana. They're as but, southern you know, as those two southern yokels we used to play on stage, Casey, especially the females. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's a bit much. No, and I, that's what I thought, because they were so kind. And even in the face of this harsh, like, finding out that their son said they were dead, it just, I, I immediately thought of my parents coming to that Fringe Festival show that we made in Minneapolis. And it was like the first real thing that they saw like our yeah. parents all got to see us working on because we've been talking about it for years <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and they were so nice about it yeah. and i know they were just like i don't know <laughs> what the last hour and a half is supposed to be oh it's- i saw my son and his friends sing and dance I don't know what I don't understand and just smiles like that's that's immediately what I thought. Hey, they came back again paying customers. I don't think you got them on the list, Fielding. (laughs) (laughs) We got Uh, a quota. uh, Before we get uh, to it, I have the description. And so let me hit that real quick. I mean, I guess we really did it. But do you have a day in the life? uh, I have a couple crime. I have a quick I can do a quick one. Crime, you know, crime beat from the street. Okay. Can do quick. It's just called a dent in crime. <laughs> um, just basically the crime numbers from the, the past two seasons that we've had. Uh, the number of crimes reported <laughs> in New York City dropped 5.8% during the first three months of this year compared to the same period in 1984. <laughs> the police department announced last week, police attribute the decline to an increase in officers on the street 
and to the decrease in numbers of young people in the age group most likely to commit crimes. Millennials. They just grew up, I guess, and became adults. <laughs> that is it's so, like hooked. That logic is so stupid. No, that's it. Like, that's what they, and I was like, I, I read it. And I was like, that's just the greatest end to a crime stat is like, eh, there's less young kids. They don't say they were like led into the ocean by a Pied Piper or like whisked away. They didn't go to college. I don't know. That's the weird. stick crackdown. <laughs> Of 1984. So it was that great uh, migration of the mid-80s to the Midwest <laughs> from all the New York youth. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like during the Civil War when they just shipped all those <laughs> Stole all those out. orphans and sent them to the Midwest to work on farms. Oh, my God. So that's my quick crime beat. I have another thing. It's just about pornography, but I feel like we got a lot of insight on this one. This one goes out to moms and dads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's roll. Yeah, let's do the... Ep 14, right? Uh, it's 13. 13. Dan's parents... together. Mm-hmm. You, got the, you want the description? Yeah, go for it. Dan learns... I mean, we're there. Dan learns a valuable lesson when his small-town country yes. hick's parents, played by John McIntyre, Tyre, and Jeanette Nolan... I got a little something on them. Uh, come to visit. Let me hit those real quick because, cool. you know, we're not going to yeah. say their names names again. And it's not too deep. I got to say, we already said it, but I love both these actors. What's interesting oh, they is they're essentially tied to the hip throughout their careers. They're married. Get the fuck out of here. The actors are? Yeah, they were married. And I know why they were tied to their hip. Was it the rescuers? No, oh, it shit. was. What? I mean, they did a ton of stuff together, but it was for a very specific person, uh, for a very specific purpose. They bought, like, a farm out in the middle of nowhere, and then they were, they needed, like, just a certain amount of very minimal money to get by in their cabin and stuff like that. Unabombers? And every time they ran at, I'm sorry? I said Unabombers? Yeah, kind of like they but they did essentially kind of live that type of lifestyle. And every time they ran out of money, they'd go they'd go into New York. They traveled to New York City together to get a job or L.A. Damn, it's like my side of the mountain. So that's totally literally they did a ton together because it was easier to a they they made double than just one person getting a job. And two, it would have been really difficult for the commute. So they would take a hiatus, not work for like six to eight months. And then they would contact their manager or agent, whatever, when they needed work. They did radio work like that. They did television show work like the night court that we just saw. It was in her obituary in the New York Times when she died. Damn, that's that's how I know all this. Damn, they're living the dream of every single artist I think that so. I've ever met in New York City. Yep. Like, I want to live in Woodstock on a plot of land and do whatever I want and then just come into New York when I need to do something cool. But also they seem like totally pure in that they weren't corrupted by any sense of like fame or having to stay in the pot spotlight or worrying about losing their position in like the like right, yeah. in their visibility or something. Like these guys oh, kick yeah. ass. They maintain I found it from the article they maintained a log cabin in the rockies three miles from the canadian border 
and 14 miles from the nearest mail drop. There, there they watched the stars through a skylight in the roof, fish for trout off the back porch, bagged an occasional bear or deer for what? food, what? trapped beavers, and weathered temperatures of 55 below zero. She baked her own bread, churned her butter, and in one year put up 500 quarts of vegetables, fruit, and venison. Jesus. That's why I know That's- her uh, her uh, headshot is her with like a muskrat in her in her arms. <laughs> yeah, it says like I didn't read it but when after the trap beavers they said whose yes. fur became coats for Miss Nolan. What um they lived a crazier Jesus. life than the crazy characters in this episode. Yeah, they are so, these characters. So that's that's why they were so good and did so much work together. They were married and best like insanely close and best friends. That that, answer, that answers life. the chemistry argument and uh, or the mm-hmm. that answers why they excuse me why they had so much chemistry and also um the the rocky mountains by the canadian does that mean uh rocky mountains next to the canadian border does that mean north dakota no they would be probably in uh idaho okay like western wyoming idaho ish god these guys just maybe even like up. washington oh okay um Oh, that makes so much more sense because they did like I couldn't I couldn't recognize their faces except for him instantly. I, I remembered him from the beginning of Turner and Hooch. Um, yeah, that's what it was because I couldn't put my finger on Ashley just like, I think maybe it was Turner and Hooch. And I was like, oh, my God, it was. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, but I recognized his voice immediately. And I was like, what cartoon is it? Or I recognized his voice as a voice I heard animated, but I definitely recognized his voice from The Fox and the Hound. But she was also a voice from The Fox and the Hound. Yep. And they were both voices from The Rescuers. And they were yep. both in two of my separate, they both worked with John Wayne in two of my top five, let's say, westerns of all time. He was in Rooster Cogburn, mm. and she was in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Oh, she was? No shit. Yeah, these guys are like real deal. Wow. Now it makes sense. They've been in so many westerns and stuff together. Huzzah. They also, yeah. Huzzah, they were, yeah, they did stints on Night Court, Crime Doctor, very similar stuff where they did episodes together. Hmm. And then um, they both did infrequent, frequent work on... Um, Oh, I can't find the name of the show right now, but it was a it was a Western show. But the interesting thing is, is that their daughter then also acted with them on that show. They was had it, a daughter and a son. It was Wagon Train. Yes, or Wagon it's, Train. It's, or that's it. Gunsmoke or Wagon Train. It's Wagon it Train. Could have been both. It's Wagon something. I think Gunsmoke had like twenty. It is. Seasons. It was. It was Wagon Train. <laughs> they probably been on Gunsmoke. And Jeanette Nolan, yeah. by the way, her first acting appearance, did you see that? Was no. playing against Orson Welles in his directorial like debut oh, of yeah, um, Macbeth. She played Lady Macbeth. No way. Yeah. Holy crap. These guys yeah, are these, yeah, they're great. The most interesting people in the world. Essentially. It yeah. shows, man. It shows. They shine in this episode. And did you know that before she died, she actually um she <laughs> So stupid. It was it was gonna be sharp, but I like blanked out. I was gonna say she adopted uh Sean Aston. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you that's what you get when you've been up all morning. 
I should complain. <laughs> you guys have been up for two days, but not my I'm not my sharpest self. That their 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 coolness put into juxtaposition of Dan Fielding's coldness makes me upset with him all the more this episode. Yeah. And he rocks uh, like we'll get to it, but he rocks a bolero. Oh hell on. yeah! I is it? Did anybody else just call it a bolo tie, or is that just because I'm a little that's soft? That's in my note. Bolo, no, right? No, I have a bolo tie. Yeah, that's right. what I have it is. Because I've heard oh, bolero, I, I, Texas, and and bolo. I. The great bolo bolero debate. What happened there? Did I don't. We, I have no, no idea. I heard. I. I think we Meg heard, said something in the background, like boleros or something. Oh, 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 yeah. I, I, I forget that. Like because I have headphones. <laughs> it doesn't mean you guys. That's can't what it was. It picked up Meg, when we were Meg like. Said, what, Meg no? said bolero's a jacket. So uh, I guess it's a, ta- a bolero jacket. What? What is a bolero also a bolero tie? Bolo tie. All right. We, so we, it's bolo. You got the men are right. The gentlemen are right. All right. Well, we should be. We are fashionistas after all. We, yeah, we do rock that southern, <laughs> southern, southwestern fashion. Casey oh, with so his well. t-shirt and his sweatpants. I don't mind a bolo tie. I think they've been no. pretty um, uh, much appropriated by the hipster culture now. So oftentimes you yeah, see oh, a bolo yeah. tie with, like, you know, like a misfit shirt. And that's that's questionable. But a classic bolo tie is okay. What I can't, what I'm not down with yet is the, um, it looks similar to a bolo tie, but it's just the male brooch. Uh, you know. Uh, in, oh, <laughs> hold it. That's a thing. Yeah, God, we've been in away place from of New like York a bow tie. It's just like a Julie Stone. You know that oh. was I think Russell Crowe rocks women in the nineties. <laughs> Russell Crowe, he's got his own company. Oh, that's fucking horrible. Cro- Can I also, crouches. We'll get <laughs> we'll get to it, and like I should bring it up then. But like it just reminded me, you were like, "What I can't abide by, Hans." I was gonna be like. The sombrero tie that Harry was wearing throughout the episode. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, does it he have a sombreros. spicy south of the border tie? Yeah, it was. That's why it was so funny that that Daddy Bob couldn't get in the restaurant because Harry is wearing a tie like it's a satin tie. He's dressed like a fucking clown, but it has huge ass sombreros on it. I I that restaurant scene made me so mad because I. I guess we got to get to it. I'm I'm yeah, snobs. We'll I'm like uh, I'm, I'm pushing us catcher forward. in the rye here. Sorry, yeah, phonies, phonies, bunch man. Of phonies. Heck yeah, I hate them. So Except all right, Mac. so we yeah. start with. It's interesting you just mentioned the tie though, because when we start off in chambers with the episode, mm-hmm. I was like, huh, Harry's dressed normal. Got his hat hat all jaunty, sitting on the back yep, of his head. Still has a sombrero tie. Does it has he? sombreros on it. Yeah. Huh. I thought they were hot dogs. I thought it was appropriate. Oh, uh, yeah. Wieners. Harvey Wieners. Um, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, yeah, so we start in chambers, like you guys said, and Harry and Bull are building an exceptionally large card pyramid. Not bad. Card c- House of cards, right? House of cards, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and then we find out that Billy wants to find out what everybody's hooting and hollering about. And Bull lets on that uh, he and the day bailiff, and I was like, I want to see that show. <laughs> yeah, day bailiff. Right? Oh boy. Oh my gosh, I thought that too. Daylif. There, day-lif. You don't think there's going to be an episode where the daylif is like Bill's the exact opposite of Bull? Like he's like a little sure, guy. He's, so he's sure. a little guy with a long head of hair. Ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> an it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, fan fiction. 
Fan fiction, short guy, long, long, luscious quaff. But either way, when the Dalif and Bull... So what's the Dalif's name? What's the opposite of Bull? Rat? Like r- Robin? Robin. <laughs> I, uh, I literally was going to be like, Horn? <laughs> I'm on no sleep. <laughs> they're, not a du- they're not a comedy duo. They're opposites. Horn and Bull? <laughs> Bull and Horn! Bull and Horn. Oh my god. They, they play the uh, casino circuit in South Dakota. <laughs> A lot of racist jokes. <laughs> oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but when those two get together, regardless of their, their comedy act that I'm sure they're working on, um, they're horrible people together. Uh, the, the, one of the things, so they bet on things. And when yeah, these guys they, get together, one of the things they like to bet on is, well, this one's like House of Cards, but they bet on what their judges do. And what they did prior to that was bet on cockroach races which made me want to throw up that just (laughs) visual of that made me so sick i just didn't i i thought it was funny but i also was just it made me a little sad because it was like is that all you guys have to talk about like my judge harry can build the tallest pyramid well bull the little horn little horny horn is like well my judge frank i guess has the world's longest whistle I guess like I guess it beats Bull talking constantly about kids and then Horn constantly talking about the old men he adopts. So <laughs> See, yeah, it has to be inverse. <laughs> Bull likes Horn because he looks like a little guy, and Horn likes Bull because he looks like the old guy. The old guys he likes to adopt. It's like it's and Bull looks like Ash and Harvey. He carries Horn around in a little papoose, <laughs> or whatever that is. <laughs> We should be writing this show fan fiction time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bull and Horn? Um, but unfortunately, Bull does not win this current bet because before he manages to focus his camera and take a picture of the 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 tower. structure, that house of cards comes a-tumbling down. All thanks to Danny Bob and Muset Elmore. Muset. <laughs> That's such a good name. I know, yeah. I because I thought I said Buset, and then I was like, oh, we don't have closed captioning on. I went, oh, it's even weirder. Yeah, Muset. I've never heard it. They make reference to it later, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I thought I misheard. I thought it was like Miss Muset, like she didn't change her name or yeah. something. Like no, I, I thought, thought it was the last name. Muset. Um, so yeah. We'll have to do a history on the name Muset. Maybe I'll put Musette. it in here. Muset. Muset, as a name for girls, the name Muset means. Little bagpipe. Musette is a version of Musetta associated with little. Sorry about the hua. Musette is a rare given name for women. Musette is an equally unique, unique, unique last name for all people. That's from the old 2000 census. Musette has not made the top 2000 names thus far. Uh, let's see. It's never made the popularity birth rank got similar names it is it's uh, about it there you go the history of musette it's nicely paired with amelia i think it's french sounds like an anti-phlegm yes medicine. yes i was just gonna say that it like, sounds oh, like it should be the name of like the, the, the southern booger that comes to visit <laughs> old <laughs> new york X. booger who's ashamed <laughs> of his parents ashamed of his southern booger bears. <laughs> so gross. I love those commercials, though. 
Oh, I'm throwing a house party in here. I can't have my mom and dad coming from Louisiana. Oh my God, they're kick. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Could they take the the muse? They take the mucinex, and then he gets kicked out of his cozy home in the chest cavity and has to go stay with his parents down south. In the butt? Oh no, toe under the toenail. <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. The toenail fungus. Oh, that's what Henning animated, right? Old toenail guy. I think it was like a fungus, yeah, the toe fungus. I think he's friendly, done a fungus and a and a and a gut biome or something. <laughs> and he and he animated like walking pubes for MTV. All right, that's he I did, mean yeah. <laughs> he's animated so many amazing things. God, we gotta but find that. Uh, that you gotta get a look at his walking pubes. Pubes, or he was in charge of like I don't know, like a again like a condom full of glue or something. I don't remember. <laughs> So we find out that Danny Bob and Musette Elmore, whom knock over the tower, are looking for their sweet young boy, Danny Boy Fielding. Their Danny Boy. Their Danny Boy, to which they the the crew does like excuse us who they're like Danny Boy. Uh, you know he's he's a district attorney here. They're like Danny Boy Fielding. (laughs) So we both. I mean, I just have a note because I love everybody else tries to sugarcoat it. Like, oh, we never heard of you. Dan's never mentioned you. Bolt just goes, Dan said you were dead. Yeah, I had that <laughs> note too. It's like, oh my God, to which, here we go. Here's the start of how sweet they are. They're just like, oh, our Danny boy, always pulling legs, always being such a card. Like, oh, yeah, they were so nice. And then Harry mentions like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm a bit confused. Like, your last name is Elmore. But Dan's fielding, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." That's his his last name is Elmore too. He cha- the fielding is his middle name. He yeah. changed it when he went to college because he thought it sounded it's so adorable. He thought it was bent like a better sounding name to be a lawyer. And they're like, "And he was right because now he's a lawyer." Now he is, and it was just so heart wrenching. I was like, "Oh, they love him." What kind of name is fielding? Is that like the name of some civil war, some Confederate general we don't know? I would, I would honestly say I assumed it was probably her maiden name. Safe or assumption. Fam- yeah. or, or a family name on her side. Like, that was very common at that time. Like, not necessarily the maiden name is a middle name, but a family name on the maternal side. So, yeah, like, uh, to be frank, like, honestly, something like a general from the Civil War or something like that, that would not be I was going to say, is it like ordinary. a young a young animal like i was like oh it's a young oh, deer but like that's a, deer? That's a, that's a field that's that's a yearling. yearling i think it was the chief executioner in andersonville <laughs> right yeah fieldling. no yeah <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fieldling. i'm it's cute it's the name of the fey people so the what is it yearling? what are you saying yearling yearling no yearling smith is on Oh, Yardley yes. Smith. Yeah, she's Lisa Simpson. Or she's Bart Simpson. No, she's and Bart she's Simpson. in Herman's head. Not to get too off track, but we're off yeah, track. Don't we? What kind of lazy asshole do... came up with yearling? Is that just a year old deer? I think, and it was like a really famous story that yeah, I remember I reading in a in in uh, grade school because we watched Disney made a movie that called The Yearling. That's okay? Southern, right? It sounds like a Southern yeah. thing to say. Like right out here's a bull. Right over here, we got the yearlings being there a year old. And right over here, we got the fieldings seeing that they're field rats. Oh, it is. It's a, 
Ashley has it. It's a horse. It's a young horse. A feel a what gelding. The fuck was the? It says yearling. Oh, yearling. Yearling is a young horse of either sex that is between one and two years old. We've got the uh, bolo bolero yearling yearling <laughs> debates going on, <laughs> which we got from fielding. Like we're. Oh man, we're all over. We're get, there's a lot of this is very informative. We're not just regurgitating what we saw. No, we're, God, you know, no. There's a reason you tune in. <laughs> you gotta tune in for these kinds of debates. This is hot stuff. Turn on the TV. We gotta start a turn blog. on the Who TV for a... for your for your Trump debates. <laughs> turn on your Have a Good Night Court for your fake word versus real word your, debates. <laughs> your livestock titles. Did you hear that good year glean the Horn other day? Horn and bull. Horn and bull. Horn and bull. Horn, well, horn and bull. I mean, that's that's gold. Hey, guys, let's remind everybody, free podcast. And you've already got the horn and bull dynamic. You're welcome. And you learned about the mass child exodus of 1984, 1985. <laughs> yeah, got rid of all those crooks with their chucka sticks. No wonder we were bullied in high school. Oh, wait. It was... Uh, uh, fucking the Warriors was a documentary. They all just killed each oh, other. That's right. Yeah. There we go. Dumb kids. Stoops. Um. All right. Okay. So Dan comes in. Dan comes in. Yeah. He sees the cards are not. He Unfair. rushes in the way old Danny boy can only rush in into the office like he owns the place. He sees the cards. Takes a pause. Says, "Oh, you let bull shuffle again, huh?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which yeah. old stone face Harry Stone says, "Bull, there's a couple people here to see you." To which Bull turns around. Damn. I don't forget if he has a look of amazement or anything. He just turns around like, uh-huh, all right. Like uh, like he knew this was coming or... Because there's just a he long has, pause, yeah. right? No, he has a... he. Dan has an immediate look of shock. And then it's... It, he Acceptance happens very quickly of mm-hmm. there's no getting out of this. But when he sees them, he has a moment. Yeah. But it's very quick. And then he has that his his line, his sassy line, of, uh, "Well, thank God they left the livestock in the car." What a dick! I mean, is what I have written down. I said Dan's a real dick. Anyways, then we go to <laughs> credits. Credits. Creds. Yeah. Wait. I guess I got to throw it out there. Uh, are you Dan apologist this episode, Ash, or are you on the side of the righteous? I'm probably gonna be a Dan apologist. Oh my. God, all right, moving on. Because you started it and you were just like, this is, it's inexcusable. And I was like, well. <laughs> I guess I guess he takes, all right, all right, no, no spoilers. But I'll maybe, be, it's maybe not we gonna can. Be, it's not going to be huge. Like, I, I'm not, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not, like, Dan can treat his parents how he wants. True. Yeah, I, I guess I'm being I would like, I would like. Dan last, but I what I cannot abide by is somebody telling me that I legally have to like my parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, fuck I, you, I don't yeah. Go to Kaiser Harry. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely get there because I think Dan pays his. Uh, what do you call it when you have to pay your due or your, your pet your petitence? Oh, what yeah. is it? God Almighty! Yeah. <laughs> your pittance. penance. Penance. Thank you. <laughs> I said pittance. Oh boy! Oh, oh my boy! God. What the fuck? Uh, Is there a gas oh, leak in here? <laughs> Dan's Dan's got it coming, and, I, and I'll point out why when we get there. But right now we're back, or, or we will come we? back, <laughs> and we come to court. Right? Mm-hmm. Classic yep. night yep. court. Court. We got the old yep. hooker case. Uh, we're not supposed to use that word. The old sex worky. 
and in comes Bambi. Yeah. Uh, on, on, I say Bambi's on uh, Dr. Alien level in my book, by the by. Um, she's a nice, she's a good looking lady of the the evening. Is that too, is that too Weinstein? Maybe before the the case comes up, Dan is speaking to his pa- oh hello. Oh Dan right. is speaking to his parents in court, really quickly, and and this is not a Dan apologist moment. I'm bringing it up because he's a bit rude. Um, yes, because they talk about this the town, the small town. So basically, oh, you're right. They're, yes, I'm sorry. they're just like, hey, we're you know, son, we're so happy to be here because he's kind of like, what are you guys doing? He, they were just like, we just wanted to visit you. We're so proud of you. The whole town is proud of you. And he goes, how is the dirty dozen? And we're like, I, I it's took only it, eight now. I took it as a tee hee hee har 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 the dirty dozen. And then we realized that the town, when Dan left, in fact, only did have 12, 12 people. people. So that's that's how small town we're looking at. I know that's funny, but where I grew up, there's legitimate towns of 12 that or less people. 20 people. Towns here. like Bemis, South Dakota, like like nightmare towns, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type towns, like... Because uh, yeah. apparently, I don't know the legal rights, I'll have to talk to Harry Stone, but it doesn't take much to apply for a charter, at least in the state of South Dakota, probably go state to state, because there's a office. lot of towns in South Dakota that are just named like Dave, South Dakota, because a guy was like, you know what, I own the gas station here, I own my house, yeah. next town's eight miles away, this is a town now. Yeah. No, I think it technically, it, like maybe, I think it, it, one of the things you have to have and may not, maybe the, is a post office. Oh, correct. Or something right. that functions as a postal place. So if you have your it doesn't gas need, station. It doesn't need to be a post office, but yes, you're absolutely right. But it can be the sort of, local bar or gas station, yeah. but they have to have the functionality that a post office would yeah. in terms of sending out mail and receiving mail. Yeah, which means people just drops off. The, people just drop off their letters, and whoever's at the gas station just throws them in the trash. Throws them in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. and I only know that because there, I believe there's only one of its kind, and I don't know if it exists anymore. But there is a there. At the time that I saw this, it was like a Dateline. There was one one person town, and it was in Wyoming. I believe sounds about right. Sounds sounds legit, but basically there was just a bed and breakfast, which was also a bar, which was also the post office, which gotcha. was also the municipal building, and like so on and so forth. Which was also um, uh, John McIntyre and Jeanette Nolan Shack. Yeah, that's yeah, in, they yeah the town of two. Uh, yeah, so we get the we find out Dan is from the smallest possible town, and then Billy comes over to. Yeah, I really quickly. They also, I just think it's really funny. Like, it was just really cute. They wanted to go to Ripley's, believe it or not. Oh, right. Yeah. The, they wanted to see the, the sights, which is all of the freak show stuff. Have you guys yeah. been to that? Because that is in in uh, uh, Times Square. It's in Times Square. Have you guys ever no, been? No. They- I have not, but they, the hotels that I worked at, that Ripley's and Madame Tussauds, because they're right next to each mm-hmm. other. I mean, it's still hugely popular for people that visit, which is why I wrote it yeah. down. I thought it was so cute. It's that a it's the typical tourist thing. They give out like coupons and they go like mad at hotels. Should I? So Ma- Ma- Meg and I are moving. Should I take that baby in before I leave, or am I going to get scumbagged like it's that so Star Wars? You're going to get scumbagged. It's so expensive. Really? Yeah. 
All right. Has has Ripley's always been there, or did they revive it? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Oh, you mean has it curious. like a New York institution from like back in the 19th century? Because I would assume they had one in New York. Maybe we'll have to do a, a night court mint. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Because I know they had a big one down south, like in Orlando, and then they rebuilt it, and now it's just like a cheesy theme restaurant. Okay. You know, like around the I'm, that's what I'm thinking around the time that you and I watched the TV show Ripley's, yes. believe it or not, Ripsters, I believe that's hot. Yes, it, it, to when they like put fake heads in jars, as opposed to when it transitioned from like the actual yes. Curioso shop to like ah, it's a fake Bigfoot foot in a fish tank. I will say uh, to anybody out there, I guess I can't say this with um, with assuredness, but. Back when I visited Las Vegas in two, when I was 21, what would that have been? Like 2002? Um, yeah. Uh, they, off the strip, it was called the unofficial uh, Ripley's, they had to say unofficial, Ripley's Believe It or Not mm. Museum. And it was free, and you could just yeah. walk into, it almost looked like a gas station. You're like, oh, this is going to be a dump. But mm-hmm. it was not like re, it wasn't like anything astounding, but it was like, fingernails in a jar like long fingernails in a jar like was real anatomical stuff so it was super gross and bizarre and it was worth a look especially since it was free anybody wants to who goes to philly that's what i was just gonna say if you want to see what ripley's used to be like it's the mutter museum Mm m-u-t-t-e-r yeah and it's the mutter museum ridiculous and then what is that cool shop we went to that actually had the little curio section in the back because it had like it claimed it had something from Ed Gein's house to buy. And it had like shrunk it. No, no, just for you to like see while you're in the shop. Oh, okay. And it's this amazing, like I call it a junk shop, but in like most endearing terms possible, like like bins and bins of old movie posters, old comics, old toys, like new and used DVDs, like stuff you can't find. And in the way back of the shop is this little, probably about the size of like a little studio apartment, just their own curio museum where it has like a, an actual shrunken head and like one of those Fiji mermaid type things. So it was actually like all of that creepy shit. Plug and for the like, Muter Museum and the junk shop. The, is it attached yeah, to the Muter it. Museum? No, it's no. its own. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll think of. Well, remember the name before we're over. But it had a cool. Yeah, I want to go to that for sure. That. I'll find the name of it. Um, but Mutter Museum, yeah. Oh, but yeah. in terms of of Ripley's, Ripley's has been around for basically forever. But the first collection of oddities for people to view in the museum sense was displayed at the Chicago World's Fair in 1933. Mm-hmm. And then in New York, because it, the World's Fair, it did so well, they opened the first Ripley's, believe it or not, museum in 1939. Um, it was on broad, and it says on Broadway, which oh, is a cross street of the current museum. So if it, 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 I'm assuming there. it moved, but it was very yeah. close. But it's been an institution for since 1939 in some capacity in New York City. Wow. Who the hell was Ripley? The hero from uh, Alien. Uh, Robert Ripley. 
That's all right. We can we it's can Robert get to Ripley. it, or we can throw it in here. Or... Yeah. He doesn't sound like a general. He just sounds like one of those got rich guys who traveled the world and just bought weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I feel like if there hasn't been a dollop on Ripley, I'll, he's I'll... American. Oh, you damn right he is. There's nothing. Is. That's the most American thing I've ever heard. Is Ripley's believe it or not? Yeah, profiting on on people's uh, deformities. You... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a la P.T. Barnum. Human oddities. Speaking of human oddities. Where are we on oddities? Oh, that I so like that then, you point then, out the visit. Yeah, we go to the then, human oddity of Night Court, Billy. <laughs> so good, I love it. Uh, because she walks up to uh, Danny, Bob, and Musette, and they just comment like, "Oh, she's like, look at this lovely woman. Like, she's so nice, Dan. I bet she looks out. like they take a shine to her, despite the fact that they think all her hair fell out." Oh yeah, she's like she's very beautiful, even though she's lost all of her hair. So good. Which is just a dumb comment to her short '80s cut. That is um ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. And then we get to even more ridiculous because uh, we're about to bring court into session, and uh, Harry's just moon moon facing over the parents because he has none. I know, like, man. Dan sure has a really great mom and dad. Doesn't he, Mac? And Mac's like, he sure does. Like, you know, basically, they even gave me a gift. Oh, what is it, Mac? It's Hogshead Cheese. Were you, Are you going to open it? Not on your life. Not on your life, sir. <laughs> Aren't you surprised? I was like, oh, my God. Is this another episode where Mac has another type of meat? Oh, you know? Bizarre. It's like. Yeah. I was a little. I got to be honest. I was a little surprised that he wasn't excited about it. I was too. I feel like because as we will move, we'll get there eventually. But Mac is a foodie. Yeah. Like, so I think he would be like, ooh, head cheese. I'll give it a shot. I also I really like it when Harry's doing a stupid joke and Mac has that really slow paced cadence that, you know, that's like a little bit condescending towards Harry. Like, yes, sir. I understand you. Oh, because we're all in on the joke, but I don't know why he did that with the cheese. He said he'd, he said he'd rather eat aluminum siding. Yeah. Yeah, But the, the way he said it was the same way The I'd rather eat aluminum siding like that. But it's like, it wasn't a joke against Harry. Like Harry was just as confused as Mac. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That I'm, uh, that's interesting that you noticed that. I would have expected more street smart Mac. Like I'd rather eat aluminum siding before I had like more definitive and less like, oh yes, sir. I just got some cheese. Like they weren't in front of him. So there was no reason. I don't know the delivery. Yeah. It it put me off. It was an unmac attempt at it. It was not a mac joke, but they gave him a joke and eh, mac the joke. <laughs> yeah, mac didn't work for mac the joke this time. And man uh, of reason. Get yeah, it. yeah, nothing like a sack of meat and a burlap sack that made the trip to New York from Louisiana. Oh yeah, head cheese no less, which I believe is not cheese. There's it's no just dairy. Like, no, it's it's just. It's the, the the brains like and fats from the oh face really and the... oh yeah it's cartilage from the nose and ears and usually it's pig or no oh, it can be any animal but what they do is they boil the head all that cartilage yeah. boils off the bones boils up to the top they scrape the top and then what they do is they mix that with more like fats and stuff and make like a terrine out of it basically so they make like yeah, a loaf yeah. and they chill the loaf and as you know when fat chills it like 
solidifies. Yeah. And that's what you get. Jeez. It's a sen- it's not like the craziest thing in the world. It's essentially like a country no. p- pate. Really? Cuz you spread right. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's funky when you think about it like that, but it's like anything yeah. else if like you said foodie like people pay top dollar for that shit. Like if it's done oh, well. Oh, I I'm sure. Oh, I'm like sure. It's just I don't rich. It's probably I don't not... like hearing how cheese cheese is made. Like that's I mean all gross. that stuff is gamey, so it has it's that gross. like awful like I've had pig's ear terrines. Yeah. And it was good. That's had cheese, but yeah. Pig's ear, it's just so that texture. It has that gamey. You have to like prepare yourself yeah. before you eat it. Like if you're surprised, especially chill, you're gonna yeah. spit it out because you're like, Oh god, what the fuck? I think the addition of putting the, the, the noun cheese on it doesn't help either. Yeah. It's no. it's a little unsafe. I agree. If you had said terrine it would it would sound better than just it's face cheese. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Great point. Because as we were about to find out, after old Bambi case, Mac is well versed in enjoys pate. In food and French food. Like he should be loving that shit. Um, again, they missed the boat. But first, we have a case with the yearling Bambi. Oh, we we do. Do we find out? Is this the rundown of where we the Paris gag? Paris oh. comes before the case. Yeah. I forget how it comes case. down, but they, uh, like, oh, where's your family from? Oh, it's in it's re- in response to the cheese because oh, Dan apologizes, right. like, you have to forgive them. They're from Paris. And Harry's like, yeah, that would have been my second guess because he was just like, oh, this is a yeah. delicacy. Where is that? Where is he it goes, from? Uh, no, no, no. Paris, Paris, yeah. Louisiana. It's 100 miles from nowhere. It was named after my grandfather, who fought in the First World War and was stationed in Paris. Oh, really? That's interesting. No, no, no. Paris, Illinois. That's ridiculous. So that's... <laughs> it's a ridiculously <laughs> deep joke, and especially since it's based all on a town that's from Texas. It's Paris, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Paris, Texas. So I looked it up to see if there actually was a Paris, Louisiana. Oh, okay. And it's it's really funny because... It, it, it's debatable. Ooh. It's an night court mystery. Hot button ish. So there is on the record no Paris, Louisiana, as it stands right now. What? However, on a lot of ancestry blogs, there are people questioning where is or was Paris, Louisiana, because it mm. was on a ton of death certificates. Atlantis. Oh, fuck. Maybe it got washed so, away in that big flood that Randy Newman sang about. It's an unincorporated <laughs> place as it, as it doesn't appear on maps or the U.S. Geographical Survey. It is, however, mentioned on death certificates. Ooh, well, we, so town. it was probably a 12-person town at one point in time, oh. and it's just... You, you know, dumb Creoles, you didn't dissipated. get a post office? We know what uh, old um, Nick Cage is going to be searching for in National Treasure 3. <laughs> right? <laughs> the lost city of Paris. Didn't, Louisiana. Didn't he buy, like, I think he has, like, a, a home in Louisiana made out of, like, dinosaur skulls or something. He, he d- doesn't anymore. He had to sell it. But, yes. His dinosaur skull. He he, has he a, had a haunted mansion. He has a, he had a haunt, or maybe he still does. Did he sell, he, he sold that? Because he had a crypt. Or still yes. does. Maybe he sold that in one of the famous cemeteries in Louisiana, and it's like a a black pyramid with obelisks. And I only know this because I have a friend from Louisiana 
and they were talking about how there's you would see women weeping and kissing this thing. So they're like, what the fuck is this? And they went to check it out, and it was the future future home of Nick Cage's grave. What? So people were prepaying respects to his grave. God, that's insane. I love Nick Cage. All right, no, I can't say. I, 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 Nick Cage is so crazy that I love him for it, but the issue is he's also like, it's been too well documented how many girlfriends he's beat up so he's out he's listed what yeah you didn't know that you just she's gonna give her kid away you know that i'm, I'm obs- my daughter I, I have literally since the seventh grade been in love with nicholas cage like you're in love with nicholas, a wife beater no wonder you like dan have nicholas cage stuff <laughs> all over i was just about to say i was like i don't know what hans is about to say but you think i'm a dan apologist it's about to happen then you're like because he beats women i'm just like huh He's got say? itchy knuckles. Who the fuck said he beats women? Patty Arquette? I guess, well, Priscilla let's, Presley? He's, like, he's been to rehab a bunch of times, and all the instances, like, his, like, benders always end with, like, some domestic abuse, so maybe... Let's oh, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's sobered up. Stop hitting chicks. No, we can't do that. We he can't. hit her with a shoe. He just kicked her in the butt. Yeah, he's a... He apparently is a pretty mean drunk. But... You know what? That's all hearsay. That's twice removed. I only heard that from his uncle, from Francis, David Francis Ford. <laughs> Isn't that who he's related to? Isn't he like actually yeah, like kind of Hollywood royalty or something? Yeah, he's a Coppola. Yeah. He changed his his name is Coppola. He changed his name to Cage after Luke Cage because he's a comic book obsessive <sighs> That's as why well. I and like he him so much. It. He changed his name because he didn't want to get into Hollywood on his on his uncle's like diamond name. Yeah, I bet he still got a little help. Yeah, he did. He was at Fast Times at Ridgemont High oh, yeah. as an extra. He, Brad's friend. Oh, he was in. Oh, I. It's so interesting. He's an extra, but like sometimes some people pop on screen because he he like has no lines or maybe a, like a like a one word line. And he like owns that scene because I can picture it now. Yeah. He works yeah. in like yeah. the hot dog well, place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with Brad, it, he was up for the role of Brad and didn't get it because uh, Judge Reinhold was like up oh, yeah. on the up and coming as huge at the time, mm. and they also didn't want Judge Reinhold to lose a part to a Coppola because in the credits, Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Coppola still. He hadn't changed. Oh, he his lost name. it because of his uncle. Um, That's why what the hell happened it. to Judge Reinhold? I don't know, but I love Judge Reinhold. I do too. He's but uh, the amount of women he's, he's beaten. He's bricked up in Francis Ford Coppola's <laughs> <Shut> wine cellar. <laughs> what is that? The cask, the cask yeah. of Reinholdinato. Um, <laughs> uh, was oh shoot, what was I going to say? Boo- oh, uh, one one more cageism. Where uh, from what I've heard from interviews with Johnny Depp, Cage is essentially responsible for Johnny Depp getting into acting. Because Cage yes. knew him from down south playing music. He's like, you're a pretty good guy. You should come to a couple of these auditions. They're having one for uh, this horror movie coming out. Oh, is that how he got Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, apparently, or how Jesus. he got d- directed towards that way. And then he did Crybaby. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, my God. Speaking wow. of. Is this up for Ripley's, believe it or not, craziest off-track <laughs> Meander- episode of all time? We're talking about Louisiana. That's uh, well, we found out that Paris, Louisiana, is a ghost city. Oh yeah, we We're have to go find city. it now. And now we are finally 
to the succulent And the case. Hans is, Hans has been trying is, to get there for the last half hour. We keep yeah, going. Yeah, it's his like, doctor alien. We keep columboing him. Like, you one should more see thing. how many yeah, Bambi boobs I've drawn in, since that time. <laughs> I'm not usually into the brunettes, but me and Nick Cage. Yeah, Bam, Bambi's <laughs> He beats him and I beat off. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Never like that term. Um, All right, so it is a quick one. It adheres to night court principles because it's in and out. uh, Suspended sentence, just like fifty dollar fine. You're never gonna live it down now. Oh come on, that's tattooed on my heart. The beat off beast. <laughs> the beast that beat off. <laughs> Hans is the one that makes sure not to curse on this. But... I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're, you're right. In, in classic Night Court fashion, it is just sassy <laughs> and quick. And Selma gets a couple zings in. I think she only gets one zing in this entire episode, correct, Ash? Uh, well, we have. Oh, no, two. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's one right after this case, but I wouldn't call it a zing. I call it a zong. Oh, she zonged it. It's a dud. Did she zong it? And it's a very, it's a bit meta, too. Yeah. It's almost like Selma's halfway in the season with us going like, boy, write a little something more for me. Because after Bambi leaves, she's- Selma headed to Paris, Louisiana? Right. She's on the fucking ghost ship? She's heading to that Paris, Louisiana in the sky. Um. So once Bambi leaves, she says, "Or no, she first she brings Bambi. She's got in, one bringing her in, and she's then like, we're bringing her out. When she brings her in, Bambi. what is it, guys? Uh, we caught her foraging for more than berries, which made me sick because it made Man me think I missed butt that sucking. But then after the case, it's come on, Bambi. Thumpa is going to be very cross with you. Her pimp, uh, 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 John. Pumper. Oh, shit. Nick Cage, the pumper. I didn't get that. That's what I was thinking. Gonna thumper. It's funnier. It's funnier that way. I'm just like, why are we referencing a Disney cartoon? Yeah. I'm, I'm like over it. Over it. You, you, we've watched The Deuce. She's going to get her armpit slashed. Wow. <laughs> But then um, that's not funny. Old, that's uh, not funny. Uh, just like Billy's parents, and then who else came in and applauded? But the parents are very happy. Dan's yeah. done their good job. Whee! They pipe yeah. up, and you uh, kind of embarrass old, old Danny boy. I think he even asked them like, "You guys can stop making me look good." Yeah, he says they, you know, they don't even know what time zone they're in. Like they yeah. don't know what they're even hearing. So it doesn't matter what you say and. Harry sticking his nose Fucking into Kaiser it. Kaiser goddamn He goes, whip. let's all go out on our dinner break. And then he, Dan says, you know, no, no, no. And he's oh, like, yes, man. absolutely. And and uh, Dan says, you can't make me do it. Then I missed it. What does Harry do? He he's says, about to bang it's the silent. Gavel, right? Well, he says, no, That's no, what- no. Let's do it. I'm gonna, we're going to take him to a fancy, fancy restaurant. And Larroquette's mm-hmm. like, you can't make me do it. And he tugs on his robe. God. And, Dan- oh. and then I didn't Danny see Boy that. says, well, you can't make me like it. 
Yeah. yeah. So I didn't see what Harry did. I didn't know if it was like he was about to gavel bang or. That's what I thought because I was typing and then I looked I was up. typing too. Oh, twinsies. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that's just as annoying. The first abuse that's of exactly, power. Exactly. That is oh, the yeah. beginning of the insertion of Harry into Dan and his parents' assholes. Um, okay. And then we go to commercial and we're at the restaurant. Yep, we fancy get, restaurant. It's, it's not, not the, Jerry Greek. the Greeks. I it's really the wanted it to be sushi. the Greek that had changed into a fancy restaurant. Yeah. It didn't, but I re- when he said, Harry was like, we'll go out for a nice dinner. I don't know if he used fancy, but it was a word like yeah. that. I was like, let it be the restaurant. And now it's this like upscale steakhouse. That's no, what I was is. thinking he, of. He, he said fanciest because that's my note. Oh, okay. Because he specifically said, I'm, let's take him to the fanciest. And my first thought was, A, obviously, like, Harry, get your fucking wide foot out of my life. And then, B, like, you're forcing me to pay for a five-star restaurant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, he's fucking, Mike, he, fucking Michael David and me or whatever, the guy from yeah, but, The Office, but David that Brent. Was, that was my other thing, like... You don't need you. You've met these people. It would not be rude to take them to a pizza place. It wouldn't be rude to take them to a you know the Greek place wherever. It's one of those things I understand. And maybe in the eighties, it was a little bit different when you are essentially hosting someone, and that's not just in your home; that's in your city. Yeah, you, you know, going to fine dining or stuff like that is probably the most appropriate thing to do at the time. Right. But Harry wants to show his fucking clout. But exactly. Like, it's just so silly. Like when the fuck, when you guys have your parents come into town, when I had my mom or if if family members come into town, I don't pick per se to take them to like, because they won't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's wearing animals skins because it's stuffy. They like their chicken feet. With red or white wine. And yes, in, it's very, we get into it right now where this rans- restaurant is so fancy you have, you're required to wear a tie. Mm-hmm. So, I went into a restaurant once in the, che- like it was next to the Chelsea Hotel called El Quixote. And it wasn't even that nice anymore. In fact, it was oh, like. that place? It was just a that throwback. That place makes you wear yeah. a tie? Ugh. I walked in, they made me put it, they're like, you need a jacket, sir. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have one. They're like, we'll get one for you. And I was like, this is your, like, these rules are so stupid because they gave me a waiter's jacket. So yeah. instead of me just wearing, like, a nice shirt and um, whatever I looked, I looked normal, mm-hmm. um, quote, unquote, normal. I just, uh, they gave me a baggy, stained white waiter's jacket. So I was sitting there in this bright white, it looked so insane. <laughs> so stupid. The food was terrible too. They're listed, but um, no, I like. I think it adds to the point of you have seen how these people are dressing. You clearly picked out this restaurant. Yeah. Why would you put very kind, nice, humble people in a situation where to be? Yeah, to be spoken to like that, where they're not dressed up, quote unquote, uh, you know, up to snuff. Because they are belittled the entire time they're at this restaurant. Yeah, and. It's the French thing, which is a great bit for Max' purpose, mm-hmm. but that's it. Anyway, I'm they totally walk in. I'm biased for this scene because it reminded me exactly of my last restaurant job, and it's so true. It's not. It is a stereotype, but it's a true stereotype that French service 
mm-hmm. I guess, and they, they, uh, not, not everyone, but at least in the restaurant I worked at and, uh, like they treat the, the customer like less than, like they laugh if you don't know the right wine. They laugh if you have problems like, uh, pronouncing the menu about the tie, the dress, the decor. It's like really snobby, shitty stuff. So when I watched the scene, I was, Oh, like, I, I was not, uh, I was not happy. And even the customers were similar. Like, cause when they first walk in, mm-hmm. you have the tie situation that we just talked about the clothing, but then she says something very seemingly nice to a woman who's so oh, yeah. offended because of the seer getting something at Sears reference. And she wasn't wearing a sleeveless Washington Redskins shirt. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing a very normal blue dress. But like, she was a gas jewelry. Yeah, <gasps> I didn't buy this at Sears. Yeah, and and also just the maitre d slash host whatever, uh, you know, required a tie, and then you know, the uh, he's wearing a bolo tie. Dan's dad and the maitre d says that's a shoestring with a rock attached to it. Fuck you, French bastard! Yeah, take like, that tie off and. When would you ever tell a customer that? Like, whether that was the case or not, like, which he's wrong, but when would you ever say? Night court uh, world, baby. Night court world. But yeah, and then the, um, yeah, and then the Sears thing. So so they all sit down. They're sitting down and everybody is confused about the menu because it's very... Very French, very challenging for someone who doesn't know how to maneuver this food or it's this. It's in menu. French. And we, it, most likely, yeah, it's in French. It's in of course, fucking it's confusing. French. I don't know how. I wouldn't know how to navigate a lot of the menu. I took Latin, so I could figure out a little bit of it. Yeah. So I just order whatever I could figure out. So the only person that really knows the menu is Mac, who orders perfectly, knows exactly what he wants. And he orders everything. And Appetizer, so, entree, dessert. Entree, dessert. Whole... And the only reason I knew everything he ordered is like the way like a foreign, like ABBA could sing their songs in English. They just <laughs> you, memorized yeah. it frenetically. So I was like, oh, I know exactly what he ordered, but I don't know any French. They've just had it been is. conditioned like a rat to, to know the French menu. There was also, there was one more like half Selma bit when they sat down. Selma sat down, looked around, said, I think I came here once with my husband. And Dan's mom mm-hmm. says, uh, Musette says, oh, Selma, were you married? And she went, do chickens have lips? Oh, right. They don't. What the? F- I don't get and that. Then, and, but then the dad says they do. Dad was like, they do and they don't have them on the menu. But what does that mean? But they don't. Butt lips? Yeah, I, get, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do they have internal lips? Like, oh, it's a a absolutely not. But I don't think so. <laughs> like sexy, kissable lips, just just past the beak. No, like, I'm saying like inside the beak on like the roof. If there's like oh, a, like the gums, like, like chicken a gum gums? type thing. That's, uh, that's, that's a referred gross food. to I'm as sure chicken lips. Eats the chicken gums. Yeah, so it's 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 just it's yeah. it's weird all around. But I had to get the other Selma bit because we're we're really shooting blanks for Selma today. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. striking out. She's yeah. <laughs> over this this app. Yeah, we didn't. So that was the last joke I registered got, of hers. Yeah. Then Mac rocks the menu. She ponies off of Mac because he's like, "I'll take the pate and this and that, and I'll take the side of carrots, not too mushy now." And then goes into some fancy French dessert, orders wine, Baba Arum, and Selma just goes, "Ah, ditto." 
but make my carrots extra smushy. Uh, just the like a guy's scummy like, New I'll Yorker. smash them for you or some Which shit. Which I thought it was like, you say scummy New Yorker, I just thought, ugh, old people. He's going to smash it with his dick and his <laughs> butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, gross. Both? <laughs> Maybe tuck I it went, back and what? sit? <laughs> Nicholas Cage? <laughs> I'm just like spitting in her food. Like, like, like the threat of like, I'll smash them myself. He's going to throw them in the toilet bowl. <laughs> Give a nice little toilet saute. Uh, and then uh, old the old Bobby Dan doesn't know what he wants to order, so Dan offers like take the sweetbreads, and mm. then he explains exactly what sweetbreads are, and it's the neck glands of a calf, and they cook them. And the reason he selected this is because it's the grossest thing on the menu. Which Dan says that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. for his dad. And his dad's like, sure, sounds great. And I'll take it on wheat toast. And it's, <laughs> it's got Danny wheat. Bob. Danny Bob. Daddy Bob. No, I thought it was Danny Bob. No, it's Danny Boy and Daddy Bob. Danny, Danny Boy and Bob. Daddy Bob. Sound like a professional wrestling team. Uh, <laughs> and then old, so he, they get to that point, and now a scummy judge, probably a day judge, comes in. And judge Talon. What's his name? Talon. I think yeah. it's really funny. Like, it's only... I'm sure this was just written Day for the judge. purpose of this scenario happening to Dan. However, I think it's funny that a day judge recognizes it knows Dan, but has no idea who Harry is. Yes. I'm just going to point that out there. Dan had to introduce them. Well, doesn't yes, doesn't he say, I, I'm sure you know, he does say, you know, Mr. Stone, but then he also, which he should know, but then he introduces Bull, Selma, Mac, uh, and Billy like he should also know who they are too. He's like, you know Harry, you know Bull. He doesn't know fucking Bull. Yeah, <laughs> he knows Horn. Oh, he, Horn yeah, he's Bull. a day judge. He's got Horn in yeah, his back Horn pocket. Yeah, Horn told you about Bull. Horn's in the toilet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so like you were saying, Dan goes around the Horn and specifically leaves out his parents. Yeah. Oh, oh God, I hate that. Which uh, doesn't sit well. With Kaiser Harry. Oh, no. So the parents... Um, Who's the parent here? Yeah, right? Uh, why do I have Danny Spank? So, oh, I know. So so basically Harry gets on Dan and Dan's like, oh, the these are the Elmores, which you yeah. can say because it's a different last name. You know, carry on then, like kind of do it, does it very quickly, sloughing it off. And then um, Daddy Bob and Musette stand up. Mm, yeah, yeah, to yeah. shake the judge's hand and they're like oh so you know our our danny boy and our son and the judge is you know basically mm-hmm. like oh this this is your son which also no fucking person would yeah. do that whatever especially S- splitting as we'll hair, find splitting out. hair splitting hairs of hairs but then um they musette goes yes and goes we're awful proud of our itty bitty baby and when she says itty bitty baby, she spanks Dan oh, on the tuchus. Yeah. She gives him a spank? All right. Yeah. Oh, that's an and inappropriate. Then, and so Dan does the, you know, like, yeah. I'm, you know, gets gets kind of sheeped off. But that, the reason the moment isn't <clears throat> really commented upon is because then she immediately goes into, oh, yeah, and yeah. I suppose this is your granddaughter. And Judge, Judge Talon is with... A Dr. Alien-esque oh, yeah. young lady, I would assume, of the evening. Sexy lass, yeah. That's just because we've been watching Mad Men. Yeah, that's true. 
She's a party girl. Uh, so yeah, Musette goes, this must be your granddaughter. And he's like, she's not my granddaughter. Well, I've never. They have a bad cutoff jerk practice line there. I love, I love the line, well, I never. Yeah. Because it's used, I've written it, I've used it in sketches, never once seen it, heard or used in real life. But it's just that perfect, well, I never. And and it, but it's he kind of does have like a bad lag there because he goes, well, I never. And then Harry takes a beat and goes, no, you haven't. No, you never have. Yeah, no, you haven't. I hated that judge. I hate that judge. That's when Dan should have stepped up and taken him to the bathroom himself because he's like, <laughs> right. it's like Dan, like I can be shitty to my parents. You can't be you shitty can't, to my parents. Like stop. You're making it worse. And then the mom and dad realize, like, oh, it's not his daughter. And then Musette's like, you old devil, you with that young thing. And then, well, I just, I'm cheating on my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they, like, storm out. Old high and mighty Talon. Talon and uh, Horn. So Talon, Talon leaves to go cry in Horn's little tiny lap. Uh, and then Dan freaks out and... They call, they're like, oh, Danny boy, calm down. He's like, don't ever call me Danny boy. And you know what? Don't ever call me again. And then he leaves. And then Bull fucking sneaks in with another finger roll as the dust is settling on this very up. Like, he just yelled at his parents and told him to fuck off. Bull just goes, can you pass me his roll? It's not even a can you. He just goes, pass me his roll. (laughs) It's like, yes, Bull doing it again. Gotcha. He's got a light Which I did like that. I oh, also that was good. He, here comes a baby, baby, baby. Very short apolo- Dan apology. I find I, when I grew up, there was a cardinal rule mm-hmm. with my parents, and that was like, don't flip out in front of people, or like, don't ask for like a present, or if people can come over or whatever in front of people. Like that was the cardinal oh, rule. Right. Don't like, put them on the spot. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. Within the within the circle of trust, which was just the three of us, because I was an only child. So that's the only thing that I have a problem with in terms of Dan. Like, I completely understand. I don't I don't think it's right, but I understand Dan being embarrassed. There are plenty of times that our our parents embarrass us. You know, my parents in have embarrassed me many times over the years and everybody else in the room has been like um that wasn't embarrassing you're overreacting so i get it the only thing that i don't like is that he said it in front of people and in public and then left his parents to kind of pick up the mess socially so i think that was the the faux pas but in terms of the embarrassment like yeah dan looks like a fucking idiot you know how many times you or you, we all have looked like morons to our friends when we've gotten pissed off at our parents oh, for course. something stupid? There, like that, oh, yeah. this is, it's, just, you know, it's the same thing. There's the famous Frywald blow up where my parents had rented a camcorder and they had it for an extra day. Yes. So they, unbeknownst to me, snuck the themselves and the camcorder into our grade school roller skating party. <laughs> So I'm rocking and rolling. I got my Jordache jeans, buns hugging, having a roller skate. I turn the corner of my circle. I see my parents with their camcorder there. And I lose my mind shouting at them as I'm skating towards them like a demonic Wayne Gretzky. And I rip my skates off and throw them at the wall. I say, no, party's over. Party's over. We're leaving. And my friends are like, no, it's 
fine. Like, it's Whatever, cool. And my dude, parents like, are like, no, we'll leave. We'll leave. I was like, no, no, we'll all leave, man. And it's all on goddamn tape. <laughs> Do we have it still? Do they keep it? It's on a VHS somewhere, sure. Oh, my God. We got to find that. That's a golden oh nugget right there. So, are you? How old were you? Uh, I was probably 15. in fourth grade. Oh, God. Is that so 10? I love Hans. It was uh, three years ago when I yeah, went back. Was, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm with wedding. I'm with you. The only thing I, I believe it or not, I'll Dan apologize as well. I'm with you in that they were like a little out of line and weird in front of his work partners. But and mm-hmm. and my parents have done that too. But I feel like I've even been in that situation where I'm like, all right, all right, guys, and then the other people say something at their expense, and then that's when you got to be like, hey. Shut up! Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah they're fools. Off. Like, back off, back off. Instead of being they're embarrassed, they're my fools, though. Yeah, like, they're you my don't fools. Get to call them a fool. Oh I yeah, do. because I the call parents my mom would do that for a you. Crazy person. Yeah, but if anybody else calls my mom a crazy person, I'll throw them against a wall. Give them the old Nick Cage treatment. Yeah, give them the <laughs> bend them over your knee. Assholes. Give them the national treasure. Spank you with the Declaration oh, of Independence. You know exactly what I'm Googling for the rest of the day. <laughs> All the abuses? Careful. I know. That's that's why it's so sad. I can't in good conscience. Do you know how much? Oh my God, She's just... going to take it out on me. I have so much Nicolas Cage memorabilia. Oh, my my poster. Your poster. It's going to have to go um, the so way yeah. of his Superman issue number one. Out the window. Casey won't abide by it. Yeah, I won't. I won't abide. I can't with a baby um, girl. So we uh, go to commercial and we come back. Uh, we're back in court. Yeah, and everybody's kind of wondering what happened to Dan. He, no one's seen him. He's late. They want to start court. Uh, and then he breezes in like a man. Walks up to the podium and everybody and tells them, "I know what you're thinking." And lists off like all of his faults. I'm an egomaniac. I lost my temper. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. And they go, yeah, that's pretty much what we were thinking. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they all disperse and go back. Um, and then we get into the crux of the episode. And the hardest one for me to swallow is goddamn Daddy Kaiser Harry. Oh, yeah. Getting his pop pants on and <laughs> uh, just... Using his authority to make Dan like his mom and dad. Yeah, I was just going to say, Harry pulls the, like, I'm disappointed in you, son. And then Harry's like, come on. Or, excuse me, Dan's like, come on. They're, they, you know, lists off why they're bumpkins. And he's yeah. like, they're Democrats, Harry. And then Harry's finally dirt like. farmers and Democrats. Yeah. Like, literally, they farm dirt. Oh, yeah, dirt farmers, right. They farm dirt. And he's like, but they're nice people. Uh, and he says something like straight up, like they're idiots, Harry. To which old, yeah. you know, somebody goose steps him and says, mm-hmm. "Back in my chambers, Mister Fielding." And then Fielding even calls him on his bullshit, and he's like, "If if I had power, I'd abuse it too." Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's it. You can't call me on my bullcrap. Oh yeah, it's one step away from you're out of order. Yeah, like like Harry gets pissed and basically and he i don't know the oh i'll see you in my office counselor yeah he takes him out legit like those two guys killed it you gotta give give props to both of the actors larry chet and harry anderson like they legitimately were pissed and did a good job of conveying their anger so they go back into now we're back in chambers and only harry's Mm -hmm. giving it to dan and then dan finally just drops the hammer and he just says 
he says, what does he say? They're stupid. Like he says something he, like, yeah. I hate my. Before that, before they, he gets to the like kind of the nitty gritty, like the stupidity part, like the harsh part. Mm-hmm. Harry, Harry says to Dan, like, you need to like calm down essentially. And he says specifically, they can't be that bad. And Dan, Dan Fielding, who maybe during this episode has offended some Midwestern dads mm-hmm. watching the show of, you yeah. know, being kind of condescending to podunks and stuff. Mm-hmm. The character Dan Fielding saves all that when he goes, my God, Harry, they're Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really smart because you can't have Dan. Just hate none. Offending. Yeah. Offending the everyman. Which he kind of has been doing. Yeah. Now, granted, his parents are an extreme, but, you know, that's that's tricky mm-hmm. for that character. So make them Democrats. Nailed it. Yeah. So then Dan goes into his explanation because Harry's like, your dad can't be stupid. And he's like, he farmed the same piece of shit land year yeah. after year for 45 years and nothing has changed. He did nothing else. Like, that's why I think he's stupid. Because he didn't do anything to change his station in life. He just punched, humped the same set of boxes. Yep. And like that's. And as he's giving that speech, his parents walk in and hear the end of it. To which, you know, old old man, old daddy, daddy Bob. Good old boy. He's not like really his, hurt. He's takes just his like. Medicine. He's yep. just like, yeah, you're right, boy. Never I haven't been the smartest guy in the world. It's like, damn. But, well, but he fucking emotionally jujitsu's this whole fucking thing because he like, you know, admits he's not the smartest guy, but that he and his wife gave all that they could nice. all of their meager wealth to Dan so he could go to college. Exactly. And make a better life for himself. And they never brought him down for one to be a lawyer, and then he fucking kicked to the dick is like, I would be a fool. If I expected something in return, because that's not giving. If I expected payback from my son, I am the fool that you think I am. And you're just like, that's not giving. So So he's just like, yeah, this is all part of the game, man. You do what you do and send them on their way. And then old Harry hands him. So the old dad leaves. Ashley bawling. Oh, yeah. Cut. Yeah. Emotional parents moment. Oh, yeah. So he leaves. It's all been uh, it's set in stone, clear as a uh, it it it's set and match. And old Harry hands him a plastic mm-hmm. butter knife and says, "I know you'll do the honorable thing." Harsh. Uh, really quickly, another thing that came up during this heartbreaking speech is he is Daddy Bob mentions, you know, we sold quite a bit to give him a little bit of spending money in law school, but the rest was all him. Like the yeah. scholarships, the oh, odd yeah. jobs, even the naked modeling. Oh, the naked modeling. Uh, no, and the dad doesn't say that. I'm sorry. Mom um, does. It's Merced that says, the only thing, I, the only job I had a problem with was the naked modeling. No one should be looking at my little Danny, to which Fielding looks at Harry and goes, it's just a... Uh, an expression a common choice of words or an expression like he doesn't but it was it was really funny but also just a a lovely dan fielding thing like it's not the republican thing to do but it is because it's so capitalist like get the money at all cost Mm -hmm. like it's and it's really funny to think of dan fielding in the more vulnerable 
like position. I think, I think Daddy Bob even when when she says nude modeling, he goes, "No, it was art modeling." Like he corrects her in like, "Oh, he was modeling for an art class." Not just like for beefcake magazines. I I sat through a lot of art models and I was very professional and very gracious because that's actually expensive and a privileged thing to get. But a a few creams of the crops were like, this guy's like enjoying it too. Too like, all right, don't twist. They're like, can we get another pose, please? And you're like, don't twist like that. Like, don't. It's all. You're flexing, sir. Don't pinch it. Yeah. No, I had a couple, definitely had a good set of night weirdos in my time. Oh, yeah. One guy that was even just like, can you you can you can back up from the front row and can all your poses not be uh, waist forward? Yeah, exactly. God, that's so good. Um, yeah, so we find out Dan, you know, worked for it, but he's, he's, he's hurt his parents' feelings. And then we cut to our favorite place in the world, the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Not only just oh, the cafeteria, yeah. but the newsstand. The newsstand. Yeah. And the two are having, they've already dropped it. They're already like, all right, well, our son's a dick, but it is what it is. They're trying on sunglasses, laughing, having a good time, just kind of getting their final kicks before they leave. And Dan shows up and everybody kind of gets quiet because they're like, you're the scumbag this episode. And Dan's like, what are you guys up to? And they're like, oh, we're just picking up some souvenirs before we leave. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're, you're, you're leaving? This is where I feel the yeah. the penance comes in because Dan feels yeah. bad. And here's what he says is he says, no, 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 you're not going to leave. You're going to stay with me a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you I heard that, too. And I was like, that's going to be a long time. That's a I long time for that's anyone. That's a lot of nope. That's a lot of nope. No one should visit for a couple weeks. They all going to share his waterbed? What about all the ladies? Yeah. In a house, even, it gets like, all right, that's a long stay. But in a house, you got room. In an apartment in New York. And I'm 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 Midwest, so I'm not like yeah. I was born with like if you don't have to spend waste money on a hotel, don't do it. So I've had people stay with me for a week. And on both ends, it's like, you know what? This was... We don't like each other for like the next six months. It's like yeah. a little like the phone conversations are tense. Two weeks, Dan Fielding. Yeah. They would that would be rough. That's his penance. Two he's, weeks. He's given up his bed, so he's sleeping on the couch. Oh yeah, like well, we, it's his just... heart shaped bed with satin sheets oh, God, that yeah. vibrates Ugh. when you oh, put yeah, a nickel into see, it. Oh yeah, they're gonna see. They're gonna leave when they see Poor his degenerate dead. ass. Oh yeah, all those lava lamps he's got around. Ugh. But um. It is a noble gesture. It is. And then he even starts to embrace the real Dan Fielding. Yeah. Because he he mm-hmm. offers to take him out to a real restaurant. A place where, what's the cuisine, gang? Creole. Creole. It's on, off Lexington Avenue. Real good old southern, you know, Cajun cooking. Well, before that, he says, he refers to his mother as mama. Oh, oh yeah, right. that's very First time he calls her. Musette says, like, that is the first time you've called me mama since we've been here. And he and he says, like, and it's so cute, which is mm-hmm. why I'm a Dan apologist. Like, you fucked up. All kids fuck up. Like, and he just goes, can I Can I have a hug? He Michael Scotted this episode. He because, totally oh, yeah. Michael yeah, Scotted it. He was it. a what dick a, the whole time. What a great way to put it. But then at the end, baby, he wins you over and you're like, he's got a heart. He just, uh, he just can't, can't get it right sometimes. Oh, chicken feet eating Danny boy field. Yep. Because so he admits he... that he's a big fan of chicken feet. 
Which yep. is gross. That makes him gross. Oh, God. Chicken feet we are gross. We've had chicken feet. It is. Of course. Gross. I've had chicken. Yeah, it, it's. It Look, I've eaten. We've all eaten like gross things, but like you. I've To me, the gross to satiating has to. There has to mm-hmm. be a like a reward factor. So if you eat mm-hmm. like sweetbreads, like you get like. There's something to them. Like, there's not a lot of work to it. Chicken feet, you got to suck on a knuckle to get the tiniest bit of meat. It's weird. Yeah. I I prefer chicken feet to pork rinds, though. Uh... Okay, uh, that's fair. I, I'm not a pork rind guy, to be honest with you, but I, I don't know if they've been done in some kind of foodie way where they like accent it. But like a bag of pork rinds, never. You guys ever too had much fish air. bones? Fish what? bones? Yeah, we would. Um, Isn't that something you try to avoid? It is, yeah. and, unless you, because <gasps> um, seasonally at the restaurant I worked at, we they would get in okay. like a whole fish, and they'd break down the whole fish and use it for specials. So they'd have the giant fish skeleton. Yeah. And you just crank the fryer up and you fry the chicken bones like nearly. Fish to bones or chicken bones? Fish bones. Okay. So it's like a, a fish flavored pork rind. Because wow. you're crazy. Crisp and it's Is it broken good? down enough. It's inner it's salty as a mother. It's gotta though, be, right? You know. Um, so it's not bad. It's like a, a South American snack. They fry the fish bones. Well, uh, so after that, Dan's Anyways. proud of his parents. He calls her mama, and what does he do? He makes an announcement in the cafeteria and says, "Mom and Dad, meet the low life of New York." Yes, <laughs> this I is love like, it. That's pretty that funny. That was my favorite line. Because I thought he said low life about himself, and I went, "Oh no, he just meant everybody in the room is a low life." The jackass. Now. Yeah, so good. And then he. Um, uh, yeah. I give it a six. Then we kind of get the Coldie tag, which is yep. uh, we find out that, you know, Dan had some good memories growing up, like his pet turtle, mm-hmm. to which Scruffy. we find out full circle. Dan's actually the dumbass. Dan's the, oh, Dan Dan's the fool the because he's simp. been playing with a he played with a potato his entire, entire youth, childhood thinking it yeah. was a turtle. And on top of that, he was busy drumming on a oats box thinking he was Ringo Starr. <laughs> I mean, the scruffy gag, the turtle as a potato, took a more pleasant turn than what I was expecting. Oh, yeah. They because ate the turtle. I expected you thought they ate the that turtle. mom and dad, because they set it up perfectly, like, well, times were lean. That's and what I, was like, I they thought. ate that turtle. Yes. No, they just used the potato. That was a weird twist. I saw the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, they ate the turtle for soup. That's not even the strangest yeah. thing in the world. But they painted um, a potato. Coldy. They used a turtle-sized potato. Ridiculous. So yeah, that was the app. That's the app. Dan's Dan's parents. Perfect perfect timing. Um you um, ready to gavel bang it? I think so. Ashley told me before the before she left to tend to Harvey Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh she gave it a six. Interesting. You know what? I'll go with um, that. I'll match her on that. I'll match her with the six. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh I wanna give it a seven. If give it a six, a so we got a six, 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 baby. That's what I'm thinking. Like I would get, would have given it a seven. I just needed one more big gag. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We didn't get a lot of bull. We didn't get a lot of Selm. Uh, um, you know. Yeah, I, if there were a couple more big gags, I'd go seven. But I'm with you guys. I'm saying six. Yep, yep. 
So this episode is the mark of the beast. Gavel bangs mark all the across beast. the board. Six, 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 baby. Oh, wow. And it's a Dan episode. That's not bad. And I did, like, That's the good. Parents. No, I know, but this, it's the devil sign. Um, Makes sense. The, the acting duo a 10. Oh, my gosh. An 11. Oh, yeah. I give their, and their, their actual lives, they're off the charts. Yeah. They, yeah. They, I give them an aspiring to be score yeah absolutely i think as far as message episodes go which we get every now and then like a parable episode where we're supposed to learn something yeah this is my favorite oh that's interesting i'm gonna stay with uh i'm gonna stay with uh the parable episode of my favorite episode still of michael j fox and the uh the santa claus yeah that's a good one. That one's just still so surreal. If there was a swamp thing in this episode, it might right. rival. <laughs> right. We needed some sort of supernatural. Well, we did get Paris the Ghost City. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got so many good stuff. We got Bullhorn, Paris the Ghost City. <laughs> uh, I, I don't uh, head, head The history of head cheese, the Bolero Bolo argument. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All the Ripley's. Oh, oh, I did find out the name of that Curioso shop in. Oh, so great! If you're ever in Philadelphia, we mentioned you got to check out the Mutter Museum. It's one of the, f- the building itself was one of the first hospitals, like surgical hospitals in the U.S. Yeah, since its foundation. So all of the early surgeons were trained in Philadelphia. So they created this awesome museum. With all of their research and stuff left behind, so it's like all this crazy shit preserved in formaldehyde and like masks made out of like all of these, you know, like at the time, like people with growths. Like, oh yeah, the size and of doesn't their head. have like John Wilkes Booth's brain or something in it too? Yeah, like it's all awesome that stuff. stuff. Uh, yeah, so ch- check that out. It's an official museum. And then while you're out kicking around, go to the Bazaar Bazaar. Okay, that's I'm writing that down because I want to go too. The Bazaar Bazaar. Baz- good call. Bazaar as in like place to buy stuff, B-A-Z, and then Bazaar as in strange. It's a cool little shop, lots of cool trinkets and fun stuff. And then they got their little weirdo curioso shop in the back, which is fun. I bet you can find all your Night Court fan fiction in hardcover at the Bazaar Bazaar, baby. Oh, you, if, if not, you can sell them on it they'll be like yeah cool we got a spot for it all right all right there we go we got 666 the mark of the beast baby and the night is long and full of weirdos have a good have a good night court court ash court court Number 26, Dan's Parents. This is your boy, Daddy Tallin, and thanks for listening to Heavy Good Nutty Curdy. Woo! There it was, folks. Make sure if you like the appies, you go back and, uh, you know, listen to some oldies and do the old downy loady and t- rady review. Oh, right there, pal. All right, Paul, there you go. And if you want to check out more Jerky Brack, make sure you go on Facebook, okay? We're on there, Jerky Brack Pod. And we also got a blog at jerkybrackthis.com. Woo! I'm out of...
a breath. Bangsy. Night court. Sounds like you've got to burn your britches, Danny boy. Don't call me Danny boy. As a matter of fact, don't either of you ever call me again, period. Pass me his roll. 